Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Buckle up, strap yourself in, and get ready. Welcome to The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. thought it uh, but then again why wouldn't we think it what happened yesterday with the uh, FBI director James Comey reopening the investigation into Hillary Clinton's private server and now there's talk about Uma Abedin and 10,000 emails on the server and where is this going to go in the last 10 days before the vote We'll be speaking with Ron Miller, Associate Dean at the Helms School of Government at Liberty University in the United States. He's the author of Sellout, Musings from Uncle Tom's Porch. And Toby Condliffe will be with us, U.S. citizen living in Canada. Toby's a regular guest on this show. Superdelegate of the 2008 Democratic Party Convention, and he's the head of Democrats Abroad. And, of course, Ron Miller's a fairly frequent contributor to the show, and John Zogby of Zogby Analytics. He's one of the foremost pollsters in the United States. will be joining us in the next hour to talk about what impact this is likely going to have on the 8th of November. And we'll ask you what the impact is going to be as far as you're concerned. You can follow me on Twitter at The Roy Green Show. Send emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. We'll get to tweets and emails as we go through the show. Now, we've been talking a fair bit about the price of electricity because it is climbing dramatically. And it's climbing dramatically in the province of Ontario, but it's climbing dramatically elsewhere as well. Dr. Bjorn Lomborg telling us on this program after the COP21 conference in Paris that in the UK particularly it's a huge issue with the elderly poor riding buses all day in the wintertime to try to stay warm. Thousands of British seniors, and you can check the... uh, the website yourself, I read a number of them on air not so long ago, Uh, British seniors dying in the thousands of cold home-related illnesses. So what's happening in the province of Ontario? Between 2004 and 2014, in the two largest cities of the province, Ottawa and Toronto, electricity prices up 80%. Why is this going on? And how much trouble is the province in? Why is rural Ontario particularly considered to be in a crisis situation as far as electricity prices are concerned? We talked to the owner of Donnell Supermarket in Echo Bay, north of Sault Ste. Marie, last weekend. It was a 5,000-square-foot full-service grocery store, which at the moment has been reduced to essentially a corner store because the hydro bill went from 2000 a month. You heard the owner tell us from 2000 a month to 6000 a month, and they just can't afford it. Even though they brought all the refrigeration and all their electrical supplies up to the best and highest 
and most energy-conserving standards, they still could not afford to pay the bills which were escalating dramatically. What's going on, and what are the answers? Patrick Brown is the Progressive Conservative Party leader in the province of Ontario. He joins us on the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Mr. Brown, thank you very much for taking the time. Would you define the problem and tell us why we're in it? Well, first of all, great to be on your show, and this is the biggest issue I'm hearing around Ontario. Uh, so there's a few, uh, a few reasons we're in this problem. One, since 2009, we've given away $6 billion in surplus electricity. You know, you, you just spent some time talking about the U.S. election, and, you know, in the U.S., the theme is, for Donald Trump, make America great. And I've been saying at Queen's Park, it's not Donald Trump trying to make, make America great, it's Kathleen Wynne. She's giving free electricity to Michigan, to New York, to Pennsylvania. We've signed 20-year agreements for electricity we do not need. And, and, and the government, as much as they've canceled someone's in, into the distant future, an LRP, too, they're still signing new agreements, and we don't need it. So that's a big thing that needs to be addressed, uh, this, this surplus. Um, the second thing we have to you know, wrap our heads around is this fire sale of Hydro One, where we're going to lose complete control over future rate increases. Uh, and the way Hydro One's being run, you know, Wynn gave the new CEO a $4 million paycheck when the CEO of Hydro-Quebec is 400000 which for me is symbolic of how they're running the organization, you know, continues to be um, a real concern for Ontario. Well, you talk about uh, giving away power and making deals that we don't need to make, and that's what uh, the Premier did with the province of Quebec. What was it, a billion dollars of power we bought from them? Is that, was that the number? So you know, if she had done that seven years ago... But, but that's it, what it, happened just recently, yeah, right, in yeah, the last couple recently, of weeks. We have a giant surplus, and she agreed yeah. to buy more. So, you know, I, I think you could have got affordable, cheap power from Quebec, and she should have done that seven years ago instead of going out there uh, and signing all these 20-year agreements for renewable power that we don't need. And frankly, um, even if we don't need it, we still have to pay for it. When I spoke with Ross McKittrick, the economics professor from the University of Guelph, who's written a lot of articles in the National and Financial Post on the issue of hydropower and the cost of same in the province of Ontario, when I spoke with him actually last weekend, uh, he pointed out that Ontarians who try to conserve power, or in fact do, Mr. Brown, conserve power, and then demand drops in hydro rates, they're not going to see that because the rates are going to climb nevertheless. And yeah, I, exporting power often ends up with Ontario exporting surplus power at a loss. Yeah, so we've created a situation that even when we conserve, we're going to pay more. Under the government's five-year plan, they say that rates, and this is under their own rosy projections, that we're going to see rates go up 42%. You're going to continue to see rates go up every month. And, and the government tries to confuse everyone. They announced they're going to do a PST rebate. You know what they quietly did at the same time? They got rid of the clean energy benefit. So they replaced a 10% rebate with an 8% rebate. So it is going to get uglier. There's more seniors who are going to be living in energy poverty, more families that can't make ends meet, more businesses that are going to have to close their doors because of energy, because the big issues on the fire sale and the surplus, Kathleen Wynne is not willing to address. And, and, and people say to me around the province, in what world would Kathleen Wynne and Dalton McGinty have signed these contracts? Knowing that we have to give it away to Michigan, knowing we have to give it away to Pennsylvania, how could they possibly have signed these contracts? And you know what I think is the most shocking thing of all, and might, and, and might explain this, is those 30 companies who we overpaid by $9.2 billion, according to the Auditor General on Renewable Energy, those 30 companies 
gave $1.3 million to the Ontario Liberal Party. So I need to ask you this question, and that's a very good point to be remembered. Put that, uh, put that in the column to be remembered come election time. If a constituent came to your office and asked you for help as a member of the provincial legislature in lowering his or her hydro bill, what would you be able to assure that person you would do personally to help in that regard? Is there anything that you can do? Unfortunately, right now, you know, the, we, we, we could point them to the, to the low-income um, hydro uh, help that the government set up, but even that program, they wasted the money on $12 million in consultants. They're spending as much money in consultants as they're, as they're spending on hydro relief for low-income families. And so I'll point them to whatever problems, whatever programs there are provincially. But, you know, to be honest with Ontarians, we're in a mess right now on hydro. Uh, and, and until the government's willing to acknowledge the structural mistakes that we're taking and, and take a new course, it's going to continue to get worse. Do I hear you saying that if you're elected premier the next election, that there's really nothing you can do to alter course for the province and for the ratepayer? No, absolutely not. There, there's two big things we can do. One, um, we can stop signing the, 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 any new contracts. We can look at areas where we, we might be able to get out of some existing surplus uh, electricity generation. And, and if that's the first thing. The second thing is, is we could we could stop the fire sale of, of Hydro One. And, and I'd actually go further, uh, actually, not just two points, the third point, I would give you know, local planning power back to municipalities because in some cases these, these wind turbines are going in areas where the municipality is completely against it and, and we're trampling on local democracy. I'll give you an example. My backyard in Collingwood, the government's trying to put a 500-foot wind turbine next to an, an airport. And the airport saying it's not safe, the municipality saying that it's not safe, and the government continues to try to push foolish ideas like this for electricity we don't need. And so I think if you fix those three things, you stop signing these contracts, you, you stop the fire sale of Hydro One, and you restore municipal planning rights, um, I do think that the, you know, we, 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 we can set a much more responsible path for Ontario where we can have competitive energy prices. All right, so if you and I have a conversation, day one, it's Premier Brown. Okay? You and I have a conversation. The first thing we talk about is electricity and electricity rates. And you say to me what you just said to me now. I'm going to say to you, what can you do to roll back what the problem is now? I understand what you said about the three things that need to be done, and I understand they're all positive. But is there anything you can do to roll back the problem, or are we contractually obliged for the next 20 years to just eat it? Well, I... I'm not convinced that we just have to uh, eat it, as it's, it's to, to your, use your words. You know, through an FOI, and the government doesn't share any copies of their contracts, they're very secret about, about these 20-year agreements, but on the Samsung deal, we were able to, through an FOI, find out that the, there was actually an exit clause for, for, for some of the surplus electricity, and the government could have got out of billions of dollars in surplus, but they but they executed it instead. What I want to know from all the existing contracts is where are there opportunities for, for exit that won't, that won't lead to significant taxpayer exposure? I want to know um, what we can do to, to deal with this surplus because I can't allow Ontario to continue to go down the path where we're subsidizing our competitors in Michigan, Pennsylvania, and New York. We have to find a way to deal with the surplus um, because we can't continue to put it on everyone's global adjustment. I know you can't stay very much longer. I'll just take another minute here. Uh, Dr. Bjorn Lomborg, who's going to be on this program tomorrow, by the way, 
He said after the COP21 conference on this show that green policies are driving up the cost of electricity and mostly hurt the poor. In the UK now, environmentalists are proud to declare that electricity consumption dropped by almost 10% since 2005. What they don't say, Mr. Brown, that this is assisted by a 50% increase in electricity prices. And as we know in Ontario, I mentioned this at the beginning, the two largest cities in the province, Ottawa, Toronto, 80% increase in the price of electricity between 2004 and 2014. There's a huge issue in rural Ontario. It's a crisis, and it's catching up in urban Ontario. It's a crisis, and and, and, and some of the decrease in consumption is because of job losses. You know, we, we shouldn't exactly. celebrate losing 350,000 manufacturing jobs as a green initiative. Um, and frankly... I get so frustrated when the government tries to say this is about green energy. It isn't. Because of these excess contracts, we have hydroelectric projects in Ontario that we're mothballing. We have Niagara Falls that isn't running at full capacity. Water power is green. These are bad contracts signed over 20 years, um, and I want Kathleen Wynne to explain. I want Dalton McGinty to explain why they accepted $1.3 million in donations from 30 companies for surplus electricity. There's no reasonable, legitimate ex- explanation. You sound pretty emotional about this. Well, I go around... No, it's good. I, I no, no, no. Listen, it's good. Good for you. We need to be. We need to... Not only do we need to be clear-thinking, but we need to be passionate about this because it's it's hurting the people who can afford it the least. There's one woman who's on social assistance who got a $20,000 bill from Hydro One. $20,000. 20000 bucks, one person. Uh, do you have to go or can you stay? I can stay. All right. Just hold on then. We're going to come back with the uh, progressive conservative leader for the province of Ontario, Patrick Brown. We'll talk more about this situation with hydro rates and electricity rates in the province of Ontario, and if it hasn't caught up with you yet in Canada, where you are, it will. We'll come right back. Intelligent Talk Radio. Intelligent Talk Radio. This is the Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. Listen back to anything that we air anytime you choose at RoyGreenShow.com in the podcast. Patrick Brown is the leader of the Progressive Conservative Party of Ontario. Joins me on the show. We're talking about electricity and hydro prices and uh, initiatives. Mr. Brown, you support a carbon tax, and I want to ask you the same question that Premier Brad Wall told me last weekend. He asked Prime Minister Trudeau. Have you conducted an economic impact study of such a carbon tax on Ontario and on the Ontario taxpayer, and by extension, on the national taxpayer? Yeah, so uh, Justin Trudeau has won a majority government, and he has said that every province must have some form of a carbon price, cap-and-trade, carbon tax. Um, My option, uh, my preference, is what... Um, they're doing in British Columbia now looking at it with the new PC government in Manitoba as well, um, and that is whatever is collected, um, that it should be given back. If this is really about the environment, um, if this is really about altering behavior, uh, then it shouldn't be a justification for, for bigger government. And oh, I hear you say, I, I, I hear you say I, it's your preference, Yeah. but have you done an economic impact study 
of what a carbon tax would in fact do. I understand what BC is doing and what well, Manitoba says they're going to do. I don't support a, a carbon tax. I support carbon pricing. Well, um, it's the same thing. Well, I, I, I disagree. Just check with the Australians. They, 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 they repealed theirs in 2014. They called yeah. it carbon pricing, and then they, they repealed the carbon tax. It was yeah, the so same I, thing. Yeah, so there's two separate things. One, there's the, the debate on a federal level on whether there should be any carbon tax, carbon pricing, cap and trade. Um, given, uh, unless you think Justin Trudeau is going to uh, lose the confidence of the House of Commons in, in, in the next few months, that, that's only only in my only my wildest dreams. <laughs> so, so the choice we have in Ontario is um, is that it's cap and trade or it's carbon carbon price. And um, I, I I would dismantle cap and trade because the problem with cap and trade is that. One, it's it's uh, 1.9 billion dollar revenue grab for for the government. Um, we tried amendments to make it revenue neutral, to have um, have oversight. The government refused all, uh, and actually, it signs us on to the Western Climate Initiative, where by 2020 we'd be sending 300 million Ontario businesses would have to purchase 300 million in green credits from California. By 2030, we'd have to purchase. No, I, under, I understand that, and California. I agree with you about cap and trade. And Sammy Wilson, the finance minister, environment minister for Northern Ireland, on this program said it was an economy and job destroyer cap and trade. So mm-hmm. you and I are in agreement on that. Well, but on the on the on the carbon pricing, let me use your term. On the carbon pricing, have you done the uh, economic impact study of a carbon price for the province of Ontario, not BC, not Manitoba, but Ontario? Well, I've, I've certainly looked at some of the work that the Canadians for Clean Prosperity, that Preston Manning, that Brian Pallister, that the former Gordon um, Campbell government in um, in BC have done. Um, it, ultimately, uh, if we're going to do this, if if we are going to have some program to deal with climate change, my preference, and our party is currently going through our policy development process, my preference would be that it's one where anything that is taken in is returned. If it's really about the environment, it would not be a revenue grab. All right. Mr. Brown, the clock got us, but I appreciate your time. Thank you very much for talking to me today. All the best to you. Patrick Brown, the Progressive Conservative Party leader in Ontario. Now, when we come back, we're going to be speaking with Francesca Dobbin. She is the United Way Executive Director in Bruce Gray County in Ontario. You'll want to hear this. She's very, very outspoken. She uses the word crisis. And when I spoke with Ms. Dobbin the day before yesterday, she told me about one person who's already died because of the situation with hydro rates. If I understood her correctly, so we're going to be talking about that going forward in the next few minutes. And as I said, it's not just Ontario, folks. It's not just Ontario. We'll come right back. <laughs> 